Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Welcome back to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBA Schooled. Today, we're going to talk management consulting careers for MBA students and alum. And today I have Ariana Sanchez here with me. Ariana is an MBA candidate at NYU Stern, class of 2021, and is going into management consulting when she graduates from Stern in a few short months. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about Ariana's journey to management consulting and just how that worked out for her from her own process and maybe some of what she's learned through it. And one of the things that I think is great about Ariana's story is that there are multiple ways to get into consulting when you're in business school, and she's going to tell her own journey. So Ariana, first and foremost, thank you for being here today. I always like to give a nice little warm-up question just so I can get our audience and listeners to get to know you a little bit better. Just finished 2020, thankfully, but would love to know what was maybe the best book that you read in 2020? Yeah, Al, thank you so much for having me today. So I will admit the beginning half of 2020 was not filled with book reading. It was filled with TikTok watching, but I made up for it that last week of the year and read eight books in eight days. Wow. I'll say my two favorite books were City of Girls by Elizabeth Gilbert and Maybe you Should, Maybe you should Talk to Someone by Lori Gottlieb. Great books. I've read a bunch about, I, and Elizabeth Gilbert is someone whose name's come up before, very famous uh, author. But the second one you just mentioned, I had read a bunch of reviews on that lately. So I uh, will put those in the show notes because those are both great recommendations and good for you. Eight books in eight days. I don't know if I could do that. So that's pretty awesome. Was that just over a holiday or what was that? Yeah, it was the week after finals ended and my screen time was at an all-time low. I used the Libby app. So I have a Brooklyn um, public library membership, had my Kindle and just woke up and read all day, limited the TikTok use. It was great. That's great. Great. So Ariana, let's get to know you a little bit better. What were you doing in your career before business school and why did you ultimately choose to get an MBA? Yeah, definitely. So I graduated from Pomona College in 2014, and I promptly moved to the East Coast because I'd grown up in a 45-minute bubble in Southern California. I started my career at the New Jersey Devils in Prudential Center, so working for a hockey team in the marketing department, and then from there pivoted to an account management position at branding agencies. So this is about five-ish years of work. And I realized that all of my clients were asking me, what's the business case behind this? Or can you give us some some numbers to support these recommendations? And I realized that we're not a quantitative agency. I was not a quantitative person. And I just felt like that was a skill set that I wanted. If I ultimately wanted to run something on my own one day, it was now or never the time to go to business school, get those, get that toolkit, that skill set, and just explore what else is out there after working primarily in the marketing branding side of things. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. So you get to business school, you get to Stern, certainly really busy, but you have this choice obviously to make, I think probably in your first 
quarter or first semester of what to recruit for, spoiler alert, you chose to recruit for consulting. Could you talk to me a little bit about what, what was that process like? How did you figure out you wanted to do consulting? And then just also just walk us through that first semester of the consulting recruiting process, because that can also be pretty arduous at times. Definitely. So I actually did early recruiting through the consortium so as a member there. And that happens pre going to business school during the summer. And I actually came to school thinking marketing or sports. Those were the two things I was going to focus on. I could not imagine myself going into consulting. I did one of my initial connects with our, you know, the office um, of career development, the person who I now think is the most fabulous person in the entire world, Beth Briggs. And she said, Ariana, what you're describing sounds like you could be interested in consulting. I said, no, no way. That's not me. I'm not going to do that. So through consortium, I ended up recruiting primarily for marketing. But I did have some just coffee chats with former Sternies who were at, who was at Fame specifically. And that was a seed that was initially planted, like, oh, I could consider consulting. So I came into school, I was lucky enough um, to ultimately get an offer through consortium, but wanted to still, was able to still do the full recruiting process. So I primarily focused on McKinsey's marketing and sales practice because it was consulting in a space that I love and a few other select firms. And then primarily, and then other than that, focused on traditional marketing, not CPG, but just marketing positions. And so the first semester was really hard because I was, I came in thinking that I wanted to do marketing. I then decided maybe consulting is something that I'm interested in. And so I count, constantly was pulled between, okay, do I focus more? Which, you know, coffee chat do I sign up for? Which corporate presentation do I go to? Do I spend more time reading Robin Hood snacks or Axios for a sports event? Like every decision, every, it's all, everything in business school is decision, you know, you bet you have to make it's a trade-off. And so that first semester was really hard because we had Sunday prep sessions, the MBA twos led us, MBA ones for consulting. And there came a point where they said, Ariana, are you going to do this or are you not? Because their interviews are going to come out. You need to be ready. And I said, okay, I will commit to this. I'm going to do the applications. I'm going to get my rocket blocks on and decided to like hundred percent commit later on. And so that was the first semester. It was really tough and ultimately had a handful of interviews to prep for both marketing and consulting would come January. And it was that winter break when I was really like, oh, shoot, like this is happening. Like I, I have an opportunity. I, I need to just, I'm going to carry this out and see where I knit out. Thank you for sharing that. I'm curious, what was that? Walk me through a little bit more of what that process was like in terms of how hard was it, particularly early on in the semester, starting to get to the middle of the semester where you did have to make those trade-offs, right? Uh, I always tell people business school is, is a giant prioritization exercise, just continuously evaluating things and, and making a decision a lot that's aligned to the best priority. But what was it like to have to make those trade-offs? I, I don't imagine it to be easy, but walk me through what was going on in your head and, and how did that feel? Yeah. So the way that I think of business school, the four C's, so mm -hmm. clubs, yep. community, classes, and career. And I actually came in wanting to really focus on, on all of them because all business school students, I feel like want to do it all. And for me, it was really tough because I knew that there were some, I, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to go all in. And so it was the Sunday specifically, I lived in New York prior to school and I had to decide to not play. I'm, I'm a huge soccer player, not play in my Sunday soccer league. Cause that was the same time as our MBA two, MBA one coaching sessions for consulting. 
And so that was really when I knew, okay, I'm taking this seriously. I need to go for it. It, it was tough because I, I think there was a little bit of fear of saying I was surrounded by students who were like, I'm hundred percent doing consulting. This is what I'm going to do. And I think I had a little bit of imposter syndrome. Should yeah. I be doing this? Am I good enough to do this? I'm not going to say that I'm doing this because what if I don't get it? And, and one of the things that I really learned is everyone is just doing what's best for them and that it's never a good idea to compare your progress or the work that you're doing compared to someone else because we're all as cheesy as it is on our own little journeys and sure. that I needed to just believe in myself and be confident in the decisions that I was making. Yep. I think that's fair. And I think that that makes a ton of sense. Maybe for that first semester, so not getting into interviews yet, but maybe share a little bit about what are some of the high, what were some of the highs and the lows, particularly of that, that exploring two careers, going to all those events, doing all that prep work, what were some of the good moments and then maybe some of the not so fun moments? Yeah, I think one of the lows that I can think of, it was in the middle of the corporate presentations, and I'm sure you're familiar with the networking circles. And I remember it was right around, right around midterm season, everyone's clearly exhausted. And I got into this networking circle where there were some people who just, we just, the energy was not there. And I remember leaving, I left that corporate presentation earlier thinking, I can't do this. Every, there's so much that we need to focus on. And that, that was a really rough moment. But I would say one of the biggest highs was definitely was just like doing the interview was doing the prep actually. So it was like in December, one of my best friends and I, we just, we knew that we needed to case. And so we just practiced actually doing math drills together. And it was just so nice to see how someone like I, there was something I knew that I needed to work on and someone was willing to take time out of their own schedule to help me with something. And that just, I think also speaks to the Stern community and the idea of a rising tide lifts all ships. So that was a high, definitely. Yeah. And I think it's always a good sign if you can enjoy the Inner the prep process for whatever it is that you're recruiting for, because oftentimes it's going to mirror at least some aspects of what the job actually is. And so if doing mental math is a buzzkill, or if practicing case prep is arduous and something you don't want to do, I think that's a pause for concern. But if you're enjoying it, I always think that's just a nice, at least a little bit of a confirmation that your interests are at least are headed in the right direction and hopefully makes it a little bit more manageable to want to put in the work to do what's needed in order to practice enough and be successful. In the so I think that's really great. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about getting into maybe the January, February timeframe? What was that interview process like You know, for consulting for you? Yeah, for me, it was uh, my the first uh, set of interviews was, I think, the second or third week of January. And so again, I was prepping for two types of interviews. And so those first two weeks or end of December, early January was really trying to hone my P or my behavioral interviews. So making sure that my stories were straight, really looking back on all my experiences, and then focusing on casing too. Casing and then just marketing um, prep. So reading industry newsletters, et cetera. But some of the best advice that I got to for those few weeks leading up to it um, was to make sure to like take time for yourself and that if you do nothing but case or do nothing but interview prep 24-7, you'll show up on interview day not being 100% your best self. And that's what they're looking for, right? Like, and no matter who's going to hire you, they want to hire people um, that they want to work with. And so I tried to delegate, I also 
crazily enough, I tried Whole30 during this time too. So I was having fun cooking, but also what do you mean I can't have pasta? That's my comfort food. And so it was really, it was an interesting time in January. But so I did feel ready and prepped and was skinning some workouts in too, to just make sure that I could be my best self and be my most authentic self for those interviews. That's great. And I totally agree with you. You have to, in order to be at your best, you also have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself so that when it does come for game time, that you're ready and you're prepared. So I think that's really great uh, advice. So talk a little bit more about how the consulting interviews played out and what ended up happening from there. Yeah. So I ultimately had two consulting interviews, first rounds, um, one with Bain and one with McKinsey. And I was also starting an internship at the same time. So I'd go for my internship, go and interview, go back to my internship. And I just remember the first round of, of Bain just did not go my way. The first case was about doing some sort of deal. And in my framework, I forgot to say, how much should this deal be worth? And so I just knew, okay, that's not good. And so the, that interview was not great, but I did was lucky enough to get um, a second round for McKinsey, which I was really shocked by because you just, you never know. I also think we're all our own harshest critics. And so ultimately I was able to secure that second, second round. And a few weeks later, went to the office, had met with the three partners before Zoom was even a thing, had one e-interview with someone who was in a different office and obviously ran into technical difficulties because it was 2020, little did we know, and really walked out of that interview feeling really good and really excited, but also knowing that one little slip up here, who knows how that would and I ended up doing two cases and one a person just like talking to me. And that really threw me off because I was like, what do you mean we're not casing? You just want to ask me questions. And ultimately that night did not or got the call with the bad news. And that was really tough because I mentioned I was feeling a little bit of the imposter syndrome going into this recruiting process. And it was really tough to get that call after putting in the work and feeling and you know, really amping myself up for this. And it was hard because everyone, you prep so much and everyone wants to, you, all of us have gotten this far because we've done well. And it's, I don't know, you work hard and sometimes things don't go your way, but that ended up being one of the best things for me because I was able to ultimately move forward with another internship with Starbucks, which ended up being exactly what I needed for that point in my career and had a phenomenal, phenomenal summer internship with them. Yeah, no, and I want to talk about that. But before I get into that, I want to dig a little bit further into talk, just talking about the, the a lot of the things you're saying, I think are absolutely 100% true. We're all human when things don't go our way. It hurts, you know, it's not fun. And I think the other thing that you said, which I think is a hard thing to sometimes realize and accept, but there are so many there are within an interview in particular, there are things that are within your control. And then there are just some things that are just are not in your control. And realistically, you can't really do anything about them. To your point, the technical difficulties, not in your control. The interviewer choosing to do it a certain way, not in your control. And I think sometimes that that can be really challenging to maybe accept or come to terms with because, and I think a lot of it, at least for me in my case, I'm projecting here, but in my case, it's because it's, I can't do anything about it. And I just feel, I feel helpless. So on top of it not working out, you also have this gut feeling of, oh, there's nothing that I can do about it. And I think that's particularly hard, right? It's hard to handle that. And I only bring that up because the reality of it is that 
you are not the first person to experience this, nor was I, and some other people will. And so I bring it up one, because I want to bring it to light, but two, I also want to normalize it for other people because it's a, it's very much a reality that many students could face. Totally. Um, that was actually an MBA two had sent like a pump up email that said control the controllables. Yeah. And that was one of the things in one of my interviews that I, there's something easy and I just didn't get it right. And as I know, we'll get to this, but as I prepped for this year, I was like, okay, I'm going to control the controllables 1000%. If they give this to me, I'll be able to do it. And so if I don't get it, it's not because I didn't do what I needed to do. It's just because it didn't work out. And that's totally fine. But the worst, yeah, the worst feeling is feeling like, oh, if I had just divided 6,000 by 15 a little bit faster, maybe that would have been it. At the end of the day, that's probably not the reason why it went one way or the other. But I think, yeah, just doing as much as you can and feeling like you did your best. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. And we just have to normalize that. Sure. So talk a little bit about your, your summer experience. It sounds like it was a positive one, but what was that like? And then in addition to that, how did you proceed forward after that? Yeah. So I loved my experience at Starbucks. I worked on the new beverage, like on the beverage innovation team. So thinking three to five years down the pipeline, what what Starbucks going to have? And as I'd mentioned, my background was in branding, but in an account management function. So this was really an opportunity for me to get into a company, understand how they work, understand the processes, and really act as an owner of like, how is this going to project going to manifest from beginning to end? I also had to deal with the fact that this was a virtual internship, which most of us had not at that point gone through before. And so it was really, I threw myself 100% into that internship because they're, they're an amazing company. The team was great. The work was fascinating. But what I realized towards the end of the summer with the, this internship really gave me the confidence that I don't think that I had going into recruiting the previous year, that I could really come in, get to know a company, understand what the problems were, provide, provide a solution to it. And so the summer, I think I had grand ideas. Of, okay, I'm going to do casing every week. I'm going to practice my behaviorals. But I felt that one that wasn't the best use of my time at that point. I really wanted to, this is a company that hired me that I was moving forward with. I wanted to give my, give it my best. But as many companies and many people, at least in my year, probably experienced at the end of the internship, I wasn't a hundred percent sure if I'd get an offer because no surprise, but a lot of companies did not do that well during the pandemic and they weren't sure about headcount. So it was in that moment coming back or once the internship was done, what if with my future unknown at Starbucks, what options did I have? And part of me felt, okay, I want to give consulting go again, one last time and really be super focused. And then if that doesn't work out, it's a marathon, not a sprint to get a, a job offer, especially right now. But I threw myself into that 100%. Thanks for sharing that. And with that, can you talk a little bit more about re-recruiting? What did you do differently? What stayed the same? What was that like? Yeah. So one thing that caught me off guard was how quickly it happens as a second year. Applications are due as early as 
I think the first of September, so before classes even start and interviews can happen the next week. So some of the things that I think I did differently was I really, as I'd mentioned, 100% of my effort was really dedicated to this. So my social media went down and it was replaced with rocket blocks. When my partner and I would go out to dinner or go on walks, I'd practice my PEIs or I'd make him um, look at rocket blocks for me and just test the mental math with me. I had like daily phone calls with some of my other um classmates who are also interviewing to practice our PEIs, to do our cases, was doing drills. And so I think that was the differentiating factor for me this year was that I went in 100%. But some of the things that stayed the same where I still remembered why I wanted to do this or what skills that I was looking for and what, what was really driving me to this. So that way, I think maybe it even came across in some of the answers of the PEI questions, et cetera, of you know, why I wanted this and that I was really interested in it this time. Great. It works out. That's amazing. And congrats with the, now that you have, now that's in the rear view mirror, mirror, where you can reflect on a little bit more. What did you learn from this experience or what are you going to take away from it? I think the biggest thing is to really not let short-term bumps in the road, keep you from prevent you from thinking long-term. And one of the things that I think is most helpful is yes, not everyone will get the, the perfect offer that they were thinking of or what they think is the perfect offer. But I think it's so important to think about what opportunity do you have and how can you make the most of it? And also being true to yourself and realizing why do you want to do something, really thinking critically about it. It's easy to get swept up in, oh, I'm recruiting for this, or I'm doing 12 cases a day, but really understanding what works best for me and really doubling down on that. And then I think the last thing that I really learned from this experience is how important it is to believe in yourself and to build up that confidence. Because if you aren't confident that you can do the job or that you're right for the job, how are you, con- how are you gonna convince a partner or a recruiter that you're the best? So doing, if it doesn't work out, how you believe it will for the internship, um, spending the summer really figuring out like what you need to work on and doing what's best for you. I think that, I think those are great lessons you've learned. I'm curious now with the benefit of hindsight and there's no wrong answer here, but as a first year, would you advise them to go all in on one thing to recruit for thinking back to your situation of marketing and management consulting, would you advise them to choose one or would you advise them to pursue what they think is, uh, you know, best for them, even if it is multiple attracts? Oh, that's a good question. I still think, I guess it's a kind of both answer. So if you are going to do two things, make sure you're really committed to doing both. So don't put in 50%. You can't put in 50% to both. You have to go 100% into both. So you have to take both seriously. You can't only spend 30 minutes a week doing casing and then four hours a week doing marketing prep. Um, I did have the luxury of having a background in marketing. So I think I should have spent maybe a little bit more time casing than I did. But again, so just if you're going to do something, do it and don't don't do it halfway. Mm -hmm. And again, there are trade-offs that you need to make. So maybe there are fewer nights out with your friends or earlier mornings, but I think that's just part of the game. Because at the end of the day, if you are doing traditional on-campus recruiting, it happens in the course of the first semester and you probably, your closest friends are doing something similar. There will always be FOMO, but there will always COVID prevented the number of nights (laughs) out, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. The other answer I would have accepted is it depends because you are (laughs) a consultant and I'm a former one, but I, I think you're right. And so the other, my 
what I would say to this, I think you're absolutely right. You can't half-ass it. And so I think to what we were talking about before, you have to acknowledge that it is a priority for you and that other priorities like going out or whatever else may slip because it's important to be able to devote the time that's needed in order to, to be successful at it. And then the other thing that I would say, and this is me saying as an alum, I'm curious to hear what you think about this, but is that if you're solely focused on the outcome, then yes, then I would say it may behoove you if you really want to have the right, the, the specific outcome that you want, it may make sense to prioritize one. But I think there is more to, and in your, in your case is a perfect example, you didn't get the outcome initially that you wanted, but you did in the end. And I don't know if I would have advised you to, to, to do it differently than you did, because eventually you did get to the outcome that you did. But if we were just evaluating on getting the internship offer, that window, I would say, okay, maybe it does make sense for one, but you ended up getting there. So I guess what I'm saying is it also depends on what you are trying to optimize for maybe, right? Totally. I, so that first conversation I had with Beth Briggs, I had a note card of, okay, here are the skills that I have and here are the skills that I want. And it was easier for me to decide what internship to ultimately accept based on the skills that I was looking to build within myself. And yes, I thought mm -hmm. consulting would have given that to me, but maybe that's not what I needed last, last summer. And I feel I was able to build the confidence that I needed and working for an amazing organization and ultimately having the luxury of, of options because I was able to, again, not let those, that short-term stumble or that short-term, what I thought to be a stumble, prevent me from doing what I want long-term and ultimately getting to work in a consult as a consultant, I feel like opens up more doors for me or hoping, hopefully opens up more doors for me. And so thinking more about that rather than a specific title or a specific company that you want on your um, resume, I think, yeah, it keeps you up. But I would say don't just, I, I guess this is what I would have told myself, don't apply to everything just because you want to apply to everything. Be serious about what you're applying for and it's okay to yeah. do two things. But I, I was never going to also try to be an investment banker and try to be sure. a, the next PMM at Google. Like that just wasn't, you know, what yeah. I wanted and it would have shown in coffee chats, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're recording this in January, which is management consulting interview season for first years. Now that you're a veteran of this process, just to close out here, what advice do you have for first years right now who are going through the management consulting interview process? Honestly, I would say take care of yourself. You, your personality I think is something, especially in a Zoom world, will really help carry you. And if you show up not being 100% who you are, not, 100%, not feeling 100%, it'll show. And at the end of the day, we want, everyone knows that you're competent, you got this far, you're smart, you're moldable, you're shapeable. But I also want a coworker and I want to work with, I want to work with people who I want to be around and who want to be there. And so take care of yourself, show up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and be true to who you are. That's great. Ariana, thank you so much for joining me today, for talking about your journey to Stern, choosing consulting, navigating the interview process, and uh, your advice to others who are interested in careers in management consulting and who are going through the recruiting process. It was a pleasure having you today. Hi, everyone. LD here. And thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. 
I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.